Welcome to Trap Talks. My name is Sushant. I am an e-commerce entrepreneur and each week we bring an inspiring entrepreneur or business person from e-commerce, retail or tech industries to help you discover how to start and grow your own e-commerce business. Thanks for spending some time with me today and let's get started. Hey there, entrepreneurs. My name is Sushant and welcome to Trep Talks. This is the show where I interview successful e-commerce entrepreneurs, business executives, and thought leaders, and ask them questions about their business story, and also dive deep into some of the strategies and tactics that they have used to start and grow their businesses. And today, I'm really excited to welcome Kresa Peterson to the show. Kresa is the founder of Shower Toga. Shower Toga is a waterproof cover-up that allows people to change clothes and clean up in public. And today I'm going to ask Krasa a few questions about her entrepreneurial journey and some of the strategies and tactics that she has used to start and grow her business. So thank you so much for joining me today at Trip Talks, Krasa. Thank you, Sashant. I'm very, very excited to be here and thanks for having me. Um, looking forward to uh, talking with you and giving your listeners some, uh, some valuable, valuable information that will hopefully help them on their entrepreneurial journey. So, so first of all, I mean, can you describe your product? It's a very unique product and a unique use case. What is it and how is it helping people? Um, Shower Toga actually um, is a, it, I invented it um, in the beginning because I did, I do Spartan races. My husband, uh, myself, my entire family, we do Spartan races, also known as Tough Mudders, you know, uh, mud runs is what a lot of people know them at. Um, it's a very serious sport, but we, when you're done, you're filthy and you're muddy and you're dirty. And then sometimes you're going on an airplane hours home um, or you're driving, you know, six to eight, 10 hours uh, back to your place because um, we raced all over the world and there was no way to actually get clean after the races. Um, so I invented shower toga initially just for me. And it was not a product that I was going to sell. That was, I, I wasn't even in that realm of reality. I just wanted a way for me to clean up when I was done doing my Spartan races. So what it is, is it's a, um, it, it ends up being, a, a, we have, a, we have a several uh, provisional patents on the process and on the fabric because the fabric took us a long time to develop. And it's a wearable product you step into. There's a system to the shower toga so that you can reach underneath and remove your clothing easily and then bathe with the shower toga on and then um, re-dry off and redress. And you can do this in groups of people, like huge groups of people, tens of thousands of people. I actually uh, was on uh, the TV show, The View, um, and I ended up, uh, they had me undress in the middle of Times Square. Nobody mm -hmm. even knew, nobody even knew. So it mm -hmm. ends up that it's good for a lot of different things, but it is technically a wearable product that you put on, remove all of your clothing, you, you shower up, you decontaminate, you get clean and you redress and you're keeping uh, modesty intact while you do all those things. So, I mean, it's a very simple idea of a product and you created it to solve a problem that you were having. At what point did you realize that, you know, I can actually sell this and create a business out of this? Well, you know, in the beginning, people thought I was nuts. I mean, because I would, I mean, truly, I would go to the Spartan races and I had my little homemade, you know, shower toga that, that really didn't work very well because the material, you know, held water. And even though it was a waterproof, it was a diaper cover material, actually. And it had little forest animals on it. And it really, I mean, but it served its purpose for me. And I thought, okay, you know, everybody's going to think I'm crazy, but I don't care. I'm going to be clean. And they, they're going to spend another $150 a night for the hotel just to go back and take a shower. Um, but it was, you know, very, very quickly, I realized that it was um, kind of exciting because I would have so many people ask if they could borrow, you know, that thing. Can, mm. press, can I borrow that thing? And I thought, really? And they're like, yeah, I want to borrow it. And then we were racing every single weekend. And then it turned out that I would hit the races and, and it was gone. Like 50 people would have used it and it was just gone. And then I thought, you know what? The idea is there. Like, this is a really, really good idea. 
everybody loved it, but I knew that there was a ton of work to be done um, with the with the fabric, with the patent process. There was nothing and is nothing like it on the market. Um, and so I thought this is going to be a lot of work. So in order to make sure that it was something that was, you know, going to potentially end up being a product, um, I wanted to do a Kickstarter. And that was how I got my my start. My my uh, my fellow Spartans are the ones that told me we love this. This is a great idea. And then I went ahead and started filing for my patents. And after we were protected, I went ahead and did the Kickstarter and um, we got funded on the Kickstarter. And that's when that's when you know it's a good idea because you throw it out there to the universe and other people tell you, you know, this is a good idea or they don't back it, you know, and maybe it's not the right idea. Um, So that was when I that was when I I knew that I had something now how big of a something there's no way to know that really. Um, But that's when at least I knew I had something that I loved and I was passionate about and I knew worked really, really, really well, and that it was worth taking a risk on. So when you ran the Kickstarter campaign, was it really just that you put the page together and left it? for it to be run organically, or you knew that you had your Spartan community of people who already liked this product and so you marketed it to them. Can you share a little bit about how you made your Kickstarter uh, successful? Yeah, and you know, it's interesting. Kickstarter back then was a lot different than even Kickstarter now, because this was five years ago. And I actually just finished another Kickstarter a few weeks ago for a new product that we that we have now called Shower To Go. but. Five years ago in Shower Toga, Kickstarter, you were still able to kind of get customer service help from them. And, and you really, I mean, not to not to not Kickstarter, it's hard to get customer service help from anybody really these days, but um, you're, you're really on your own on a Kickstarter now. Um, the problem is the companies that you hire to help you do Kickstarters um, for, I mean, to be honest with you, I think they all suck. I've tried a bunch of them. Um, I I'm I have not been happy with any of them. Um, so if you're going to do a Kickstarter, you have to know that it is a almost a full time job just for the Kickstarter. You don't set up your page and walk away. Hmm. Now with Shower Toga, we did set up our page. We let our Spartan community know, but we also had people that were funding Shower Toga from all over the world people that kind of saw the vision for an emergency preparedness kit, you know, for their mm-hmm. bug out bag for, um, you know, any kind of disaster relief situation. Um, mm-hmm. I had friends that were stuck in the hurricane back in Texas years ago. And I mean, I, I grew up in Texas. I had hundreds of friends who lost their homes, lost their clothes, everything was flooded and they had that outfit that was on their back and that's all they had. Mm-hmm. And so it would have been great you know, at that time for them to just be able to get into a shower toga, even hand wash their clothes and hang them out to dry and put them back on because they were living in emergency shelters. So there were people that saw different visions for shower toga that I didn't even see for myself, really, quite frankly, your customers are the ones that will teach you kind of where you want to pivot your product. Um, But to kind of answer your question, I, I did have my Spartan community, of course, and they were incredibly Um, helpful. But I also had my community of my friends from the horse industry. Um, I showed jumpers, I showed horses for years, and then I was a broker for high-end sport horses. And that was kind of my, that was another base for me of people who saw the value in shower toga for the grooms, for endurance riding, for, you know, all types of, you know, different events that we do in the equine industry. So I had a couple of different groups to go to go to. And both of those groups, Spartan and my equine group were really, really supportive. But it was also really satisfying to find people that did not know me, did not know my story, did not and just saw the product on Kickstarter with our goofy little on our phone video. You know, we didn't spend any money. We just did it really, really raw. And they saw the value in it. And and these were people that I, you know, of course I didn't know and I've never talked to. Um, So you're going to get a little bit of all of that um, when you do a Kickstarter, but it is a absolute full-time gig. And uh, 
you got to be really, really careful when you're doing it. My best advice to anybody doing a Kickstarter is honestly, it, it's go ahead and, and take the time to learn how to do your Kickstarter and do as much of it as you can on your own and, and keep these big companies out of your way that, that try to tell you that they can run the Kickstarter for you and they can run the Facebook ads for you and mm. that they can get a better, you know, uh, ROI than you can. It, it's all, it's all BS. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah. now when you, you know, now that you have a successful product and you're selling it, um, of course, I'm assuming that the use case is uh, much broader broader than just the Spartan community. I mean, I can think of a lot of use cases, you know, for backpackers, travelers. Um, uh, I mean, I, I think it's a very convenient product to have. Um, when you look at, you know, everyone, pe people who are buying it, like, do you find, you know, what are some of the customer segments that are like most, are your like best buyers for this product? Well, you know, and it's funny because my the customer segment that, ends up that has ended up to date kind of being our best, you know, overall customer actually didn't buy them. So when it was, it, it was a very, very weird kind of situation when um, COVID hit, um, you know, like we were, we were rolling and rocking and rolling and we had a co-branding deal with Spartan. So we have a lot of people that buy the Spartan shower toga, which is co-branded. It's our um, relationship that we have with Joe DeSena who owns Spartan. And we have, of course, we were breaking into the surf market. Um, we were, we were doing a lot of different things. We were um, donating product for XPT, which is Laird Hamilton, um, his fitness, um, his fitness, uh, uh, you know, uh, company. So we had a lot of things going that were really, really good. We just launched into Camping World, Gander Mountain, um, Overton's, and COVID hit. And I had actually purchased a abundance of inventory for spring. Mm -hmm. And then when COVID kind of, you know, threw all of us um, back on our heels, um, we started having people that owned shower togas who also happened to be work, you know, EMTs or, you know, first responders, nurses, doctors, hospital housekeeping. So they caught, they started tagging us on mm. social media and saying, you know, kind of as a joke, but not as a joke. They're like, look how I'm using my shower toga now. And they'd be in the hospital parking lot, mm. you know, deconning de from after their shift. So that turned into me and because Caitlin, who, who works with us, she's our brand development manager. She works with me. She's like, we're getting a lot of these. She goes, mm -hmm. I said, okay, start telling them if they have colleagues mm -hmm. who need shower togas, you know, we'll send them free shower togas so they can decon after their shifts. Mm -hmm. um, and so that turned into a much bigger thing than I expected. Um, I, I mean, within the first week, we'd given away like $10,000 in shower togas. And I went, okay, mm. well, like, I don't even know what to do now. Mm. So I contacted um, Mark Cuban, who, um, as you know, is my business partner from Shark Tank. Mm -hmm. And um, I was like, okay, like, yeah, I know this has gotten a little out of hand. You know, I've given away $10,000 worth so far, but I've got an entire warehouse full of shower togas. We're obviously not doing Spartan races or Coachella mm -hmm. or Bonnaroo or music festivals. Nothing's going to be happening for a while. And potentially these could help people feel more comfortable going into their home after their COVID positive shifts and maybe even help them from at the time. Of course, we didn't know, you know, we didn't know, does it stay on your body? Does it stay in your hair? Does it, we didn't know how it was contracted. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, Mark was like, go for it. He goes, I'll make sure like, you know, we're not going to, he goes, you're going to have to let the company go in the red. I get it. Mm -hmm. Not like he gives us money. That's not mm -hmm. what it, how it does, but he, he helps us through that process. And he mm -hmm. said, you know, anything you want to do like that to give back mm -hmm. to the community, like let's figure out how to make it happen. And um, we had to stop it. We finally stopped it when we had given a hundred thousand dollars of shower togas mm -hmm. away mm -hmm. to people uh, to decon from their shifts. So that ended up being really interesting to me because that is the last thing that was like in my head when I invented shower toga, mm -hmm. the last thing. And then come to find out 
we had thousands of people that it helped them feel a lot more comfortable before going into their homes with their children or their, you know, their loved ones or, um, and that ended up being a very, very interesting dynamic. Um, and it, it kind of moved us into pivoting also into the medical side um, mm -hmm. of, of, of things for shower toga. So we kind of have the athletic side, then we have you know, the decon and the, and the medical side. Um, so there's so many different pivots and so many different ways that we could have gone, but that was a forced way through, through COVID. And it was incredibly interesting to me. You never know. <laughs> Sometimes you <laughs> never know. <laughs> so it kind of become like, became like a charitable endeavor. Or... It, it, it did. So, yeah. <laughs> so, 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 um, I mean, how do you balance it? With the fact that it, it is a business and you've given away a hundred thousand dollars worth of stuff. Yeah, it's it's uh, what uh, was the was there was there a was there a success story at the end or was it just no. Uh, <laughs> okay. no, I mean there wasn't. I'd love to tell you, oh yeah, I mean sure, we got great PR. Sure, you know, we had a lot of people that wanted to talk to us, you know, Shark Tank, which I'm a huge, huge fan of Shark Tank, not just because I was on the show, but because the show is absolutely legit. I love the producers, I love the team. It is the best show on television, in my opinion, hands down. But not just be, because of, 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 of that, but, you know, we got, we ended up getting, you know, an update saying what we were doing for the community, but did those orders of people that appreciated what we did offset the amount that we gave away? No, it didn't. And, but it's not why we did it. I mean, it mm. really isn't at the time. I was so desperate to just have some sort of positive impact on everything that was going on. I mean, you know, everybody felt different about COVID. Everybody has their opinions and, and, and that's great. I have no problem with it. For me, I just felt really helpless. Mm -hmm. um, and I felt so bad for people that were working, you know, 14 hour shifts and risking their lives. And, you know, here I am with a warehouse full of something that might be able to help them. I mm -hmm. think at that time, money was probably the absolute last thing on my mind mm -hmm. um now money's more on my mind mm -hmm. and try, trying to kind of like you know recover from that is is mm -hmm. what we're working on on now um I don't regret it for a second I'd do it all over again but no it's not something I would necessarily recommend as a great business decision it, it wasn't a great business decision but it was the right decision okay and so now that um, you know, things are getting kind of back to normal, you know, businesses are coming out of COVID. How are you, yeah, how are you getting your business back on track? Like, what are the kind of things you're doing to really get the business going again? Are you, are you seeing, are you seeing growth? Um, like, oh yeah, we're definitely seeing growth. No doubt about it. I mean, growth is different now though, than it was, you know, uh, pre-COVID, you know, we have fulfillment issues we didn't have before. We have supply chain issues we didn't have before. You know, a container used to be $4,000, now it's $24,000. So although we are having, you know, great growth, it would have been nice to have had this kind of growth, you know, pre-COVID, mm -hmm. we'd, be, we'd be world domination mode right now. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's really just a labor of love. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, you can't, I, I think that there's a lot of people that, that easily would have quit by now. Um, that's just, you know, I'm an entrepreneur. I love being an entrepreneur, but, you know, people think we're rolling in money and we're not, that's, that's not how it works. I mean, mm -hmm. if you don't have it in you to ride those waves, man, just don't do it. And this is some hmm. big waves we've had the last hmm. three years, you know, not to mention the Apple, the iOS, the issues with iOS and, and Facebook. And for anybody yeah. that doesn't know what I mean by that, you know, we used to be able to advertise on Facebook and target certain demographics. You know, do you like surfing? Do you like camping? Do you happen to buy products for surfing and camping? Um, let us show you ads for shower toga because it might be something you're interested in. And now that has that rug has been taken out from under our feet. And so, you know, that is that that alone has shut down a lot of companies. Mm -hmm. I mean, a ton of companies and companies that were really, really doing well. You know, you could spend three thousand dollars on Facebook and bring in thirty thousand dollars in orders. 
Now you spend $3,000 on Facebook and you bring in $2,000 in orders, you know, so you do the math and can't do that for very long. It's pretty pointless. So you have to come up with new ways to brand yourself, your product, but still be genuine and organic. And, you know, and that, and sometimes that can be difficult, you know, when you want to push a square peg into a round hole and you're like, okay, being organic is also letting people know this isn't easy. This is frustrating. Mm. You know, please take a look at my product and see what it can do for you. And, you know, you kind of have to get really real, you know, those days of like push selling, those are, those are, those are gone. And that's, I don't mean for now anyway. So we yeah. do a lot on TikTok. Um, we've had some really, really good success on just organic TikTok, um, not paid, you know, nothing like mm -hmm. that. Um, we dabble a little bit in some Facebook stuff, but right now it's just such a waste of money. Um, and then the rest of it is just, is just me going out and hustling. I mean, I still mm -hmm. set up um, meetings, like we do outdoor retail show. Um, we've picked up a lot of new retailers at the outdoor retail show. We're going to be going again in June. Um, we're growing in Camping World and Gander Mountain and Overton. And then our Amazon is strong. Um, and although Amazon is a beast, um, it's a necessary beast for any small business owner who has a product to sell. Um, and so our Amazon is growing. So it's a, it's a much slower growth than I think we would have had um, if COVID hadn't hit. But yet, you know, we're kind of going through those weeds and we're making it happen. But it's, yeah. it's tough. It's tough, Shashant. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I know you mentioned, you know, working with Mark Cuban and, um, and now that things are tougher than before, uh, mm -hmm. what kind of, um, you know, what is your working relationship with him? Do you have, you know, uh, touch base with him on a regular basis? What kind of advice does he give you? Um, and what, what kind of support do you get as uh, kind of like a Mark Cuban company? Um, Mark, okay, so I'm, honestly, I'm not just saying this. Mark is literally the best freaking partner you could ever have. I don't care what anybody says. I love all the sharks. Mark is the best shark. There's no question. Uh, Kevin's actually pretty amazing too. Kevin and I fought on our entire episode but I've gotten to know him because we went on the view together. And then mm. I, I went back on shark tank um, to watch and talk. Kevin's a, Kevin's a riot. He's a really mm -hmm. cool guy too. Mark though. I communicate with Mark weekly. That's been mm -hmm. for three years now. Um, I can talk, you know, I can talk to Mark like a, a friend, right? Cause mm -hmm. he's a normal guy. He's, mm -hmm. he's, you know, he's so normal. Um, mm -hmm. If I'm mad, I can cuss. I can send emails that are like, that doesn't make sense. Help me with this. What about this? And he's like, whoa, calm down. Let's do this. Mm -hmm. da, 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 da. And so we communicate really well. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that's one of the things that I love so much about our relationship. Um, and I also like the fact that he will listen. I mean, mm -hmm. he listens. Um, he, he has, I mean, obviously I'm going to listen to him. 10 times more than he's going to listen to me because he has a lot more knowledge than I do. But if mm -hmm. it's a specific thing about my product, um, he listens. And then there's certain times he's like, yeah, you know what? Okay. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. So the, the, the conversations that I have with Mark are probably really different than what people might expect. I'm not sending Mark pie charts every mm -hmm. week, right? Mm -hmm. um, I'm also not sitting there going, Mark, everything's great. Like we're smelling like roses. I go, okay, here's my dilemma this week. And he tells me, all right, well, this is something you can do or mm -hmm. let's get so-and-so on the team to help with that. You know, and then sometimes he comes at me and he's like, look, you know, this is tough times, Cressa. He goes, you're gonna have to hustle. And I know you can hustle better than anybody you're going to have to hustle because that's the only, you know, and so he kind of gives you those pep talks also. Um, but he also has this wide network as you can only mm -hmm. imagine. Um, mm -hmm. And his team is, they've all become really close friends. Like mm -hmm. we've gone and done Spartan races together. Mm -hmm. um, we have, you know, when I go to Dallas, you know, we go get tacos and eat and stuff. Like we hang out, we talk on mm -hmm. the phone, we talk about things besides business. Mm -hmm. um, it's a real community. 
Um, and so Mark has also hired people on that bring that sense of community to all of his portfolio companies. Cause you know, Shark Tank companies are just a portion of his portfolio companies. Yeah. Um, yet I know an, an, a, a number of the people that are within the Mark Cuban company portfolio that have, you know, that weren't on Shark Tank. Mm -hmm. um, so he's built quite a community. Um, and I, man, I am so glad I got him. I can't even tell you. I just, I'm so thankful that the stars aligned that yeah. way that day. <laughs> cool. Um, to change, change the gears a little bit, I know you mentioned that the, the, the material that your product is made is kind of a special kind of material. Can you share a little bit about what the process was of finding the right manufacturer? Um, yeah. Is your product manufactured in, in China or USA? And what, what can someone... Uh, an entrepreneur learn from your experiences finding manufacturers? Well, I have to, I, I have to say, I got, I, you know, I got a little lucky on the manufacturing side of things. And um, I initially wanted to manufacture fully in the United States um, for now that sounds good in theory. And everybody likes to say like, Oh, well you should mm -hmm. manufacture in the night in the United States as if, that's easy to do. Um, and it's not. Um, I will tell you that I had probably, I want to say eight to 10 different companies do prototypes for me in the very beginning. And all but two of them ripped me off in mm. the US. They yeah. took my money, they didn't produce a prototype, or if they did, it was so off the wall that it it absolutely didn't hit any of the buttons that we needed hit. Mm -hmm. um, and so I ended up going to China, never had one problem. Everybody was wonderful. I had no issues with my manufacturing. Now, with that being said, um, I ended up doing a combination of the both. So we have the material is made, is manufactured in China. And the material was really hard to do because I had a lot of different things I wanted done with the material. Um, the material is a, um, I'll, I'll grab one here so I can kind of show you because the material, the silver on the outside of the shower toga, it's a coating. It is mm -hmm. not part of the material. The material underneath you can see is a different color. So the reason that I wanted this coating on the material was because it also works as a hands-free space blanket to keep you warm if mm. you're in any more emergency conditions. And that's why it's this shiny silver. So my criteria for the material was it needed to be below uh, six ounces. And that's so for when people are doing extreme backpacking and Appalachian trail and things of that nature it needed to roll up really tiny and be under six ounces. Hmm. So that was one big, huge roadblock. I wanted it to be machine washable. There's another one. Hmm. I wanted it to work as a Mylar uh, emergency space blanket, you know, and there you go again. And I wanted hmm. it to last for years. Mm -hmm. So you have a, a material that's under six ounces that's going to last for years and be machine washable. And then the last item was we wanted it to turn into a bag when it was done and be strong enough. Hmm. So those things required some real, real, uh, you know, aggressive testing and aggressive, you know, taking chances. Um, and so my manufacturer that I ended up with, who I'm with to this day, um, he actually lives in Arizona hmm. and he owns um, uh, some factories in China, in the Dominican Republic, and in Vietnam and India. So we have a combination of, of uh, the shower toga where the material is in China, and then it gets sent to the U.S. and it gets bundled here in the United States. Now, right now, we're actually thinking we're going to be moving the full production to the Dominican Republic. Um, and that's something we've been working on for about the last year now for, you know, for obvious reasons. So we want to see if we can go ahead and make that happen. Um, but yeah, we, we actually ended up working really hard to get the, the patents on the fabric and the provisional patents on the, not just the process, but the, but the fabric and make sure that, you know, we're protected. And um, so, yeah, it was, a, it was, a we did probably 16 to 20 different test fabrics that, that didn't work. 
you'd run it through the washing machine and the, the silver would peel off. It was too heavy. It would hold water. You know, it lasted six months. I mean, shower togas last years. They'll mm-hmm. last. I have people still using the ones that we did on our Kickstarter five years ago. <laughs> so um, the, 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 the material was a big, big part of it. People think shower toga is a really easy product because it looks mm-hmm. very simple. Mm-hmm. And it, there was nothing simple about it. Okay. Um, and, and I'm assuming that that is kind of a barrier to entry to, you know, to copy this product. Do you find, have you, I mean, on Amazon, things get duplicated pretty easily, like from Chinese, Chinese yeah. uh, 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 manufacturers. The knockoffs, yeah. Do you, have you found any kind of knockoff for this product yet? We haven't, but you know, it's one of those things that you almost can't completely avoid that. I think it is definitely helpful, obviously, that we are a Mark Cuban company. Um, Mark owns 25% of Shower Toga. Um, he has a gigantic legal team, a hmm. uh, huge legal team. Um, and so, you know, Mark takes that stuff seriously. And I, I think it's a lot harder for companies that either their, their shark or their investor doesn't have or doesn't allow you to utilize that, you know, the, those options. Um, or they didn't, you know, they didn't get a deal that, that closed and now, you know, they have to be up against the Chinese knockoffs or the or any knockoff from any country. Right. Um, and I, you know, I mean, yeah, you worry about that as a small business owner. Um, but um, I feel pretty protected, you know, although you can still have all the patents in the world, all the trademarks in the world and somebody can still do it. Yeah, you yeah. Know? But that's when you have to call on your legal team. Um, and we know we certainly uh, dotted our I's and crossed all our T's. And, you know, hopefully what would happen is that people would know me. They know my product. They know my story. You know, they kind of know my passion. And um, that if somebody did come up and try to do something that it would, you know, it would it wouldn't really hurt us too much. Um. When you're selling an e-commerce product, do you think that the kind of product that you have has benefit as an e-commerce product because you know you have to ship it and this product is kind of probably compact and it probably does not weigh a ton, you know a lot of a lot of weight. Um, can you share a little bit? I mean, it just does it. You know, when you told the manufacturer, you know, I want this item to be six ounces, was that part of the decision process or was it more like, you know, this product should not be too heavy for people to carry? No, it it had nothing to do with the shipping. Um, That ended up being a bonus. Um, I would love to tell you I planned all that out in advance, but no, I wasn't that smart at the time. (laughs) That just ended up coming out to be like, wow, cool. It's, it's under 16 ounces. Like this is great. It could go first class. Um, So no, that wasn't something that I planned. I knew that if people were going to carry it for long, for, you know, two, three, four, five day, um, you know, um, uh, trips that in a backpack that it definitely needed to be very lightweight. And for some people, even the six ounces is too, is too heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, even, you know, if they're doing 30 and 60 day, it, it's probably a little bit too heavy for some, for some people. Um, but no, that was my, my main goal is that it was small enough that you could throw it in your purse, you could throw it in your bag, take it on the airplane. It was just easy to take anywhere. Um, as far as fulfillment goes, I still do uh, my own fulfillment out of my warehouse um, here in Dana Point in California. Um, we just moved our warehouse from Georgia to California here. And I came out here to be uh, with my closer to my grandkids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, so it, it, but it's um, at some point, you know, we will, we will bring on a fulfillment company. Mark has his own fulfillment company. So we'll end up, you know, using them. Um, but right now I love to do my own fulfillment. Of course I don't with Amazon, Amazon, we do FBA fulfillment, um, Camping World, Gander Mountain, Overton, all of the smaller businesses that we sell out of, you know, of course, that's that's the retail side of things. But mm-hmm. when customers order directly off of showertoga.com, mm-hmm. I don't know why. I love mm-hmm. it. I, mm-hmm. I do. It sounds so goofy, but I, I love fulfilling packages. I, 
I love sending them out. Sometimes I write like, let's see if I have one on here. I just write like silly little notes on the bag sometimes. Mm. I don't know. I just, I still <laughs> feel connected, um, you know, to everybody that orders from me. I, I really, I really, I don't want to lose that. And I'm going to, I'm probably going to actually pretty soon, but right now I'm still, I'm still really loving it. So, mm-hmm. you know, I kind of do that in the evenings. I go through and I prepare all my packages and try to decompress a little bit, watch some TV or listen to some music and do the packages. And then that's kind of my evening. <laughs> could you, could you uh, fulfill the orders that you receive on your website through Amazon FBA? Or is that, uh, is that not a good strategy because that's more expensive? Yeah, I mean, it's not that it's not a good strategy. Like we do have the Amazon link on our website because some people just prefer Amazon. I mean, and I yes. get that. I, I, I buy a lot through Amazon also. So, yeah. you know, Prime is so convenient. Um, you know, we're lucky in that we don't, we don't hardly ever get returns, even on Amazon and Amazon has a very high return rate for products. Um, but we, we just, we're really, really fortunate that we don't hardly ever get a return. Um, but people know that if they buy off of prime Amazon, they have the option to make it all easy. If they want to return it, you just print a label, return it. So I get it. Um, the other side of that is Amazon does take a big chunk. I mean, and, and as they should, I mean, you know, mm-hmm. you got to pay for, for those services, you know, um, but yeah, it's, it's a combination of both, but there are people that that is a, that is an entire kind of, uh, that's how they do things is they, they really promote their Amazon listing. Um, and it would probably be a lot less work for me if I did that, but I am a bit of a control freak. I like mm-hmm. to have my finger on the pulse of things. Mm-hmm. I love it when a customer, you know, I just had a lady an hour ago, she goes, oh my gosh, I put in my billing, zip, uh, my billing address instead of the address I want it shipped to, you know, can you please change it? I'm like, no problem. Mm-hmm. Boom, changed it. Mm-hmm. Can't do that when you do that, you know, when you order from Amazon. Mm-hmm. You know, or if somebody emails me and has a question about something and I'm like, oh, hey, you know what? I'll throw that into your package. And you just ordered, let me get, you know, people, our customer service between me and Caitlin and Connor and Joe is crazy. They love our customer service. People will email us on weekends and we answer. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go through a big fulfillment company or go through Amazon, you lose that, that ability um, mm-hmm. to do that easily. Um, and for right now, I'm just I'm trying to really, really in, hold on to that for as long as I can because I enjoy it. I really mm-hmm. like, I mean, I've talked to customers on the phone before. I had a guy message me last week and go, why can't I talk to anybody at your company? I'm like, what's your number? <laughs> I'll call you. Like, I don't want to get used to doing that or anything. And normally we don't get asked that a lot, but this guy was obviously frustrated. He wasn't real familiar with ordering things online mm-hmm. and he was trying to order a gift um, for, I think it was his grandson or granddaughter. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to get on the phone. I'm going to help this guy through it. Normally, mm-hmm. obviously you don't have to do that, you know, cause maybe somebody m- might be more uh, familiar with ordering online, but he wasn't. Mm-hmm. I get that. My grandfather wouldn't have been either, you know, but if, I don't know. I still enjoy doing those things. <laughs> Very interesting. Um, I know. I know you mentioned a few names of your team members. Is it mostly? Um, uh, can you share a little bit about your team? Is it mostly, uh, you know, people who are helping with customer service issues? Are they mostly remote, or do you have an office? Yeah. No, Connor. Um, well, we we don't have an office now post COVID. Um, and we're not going to go back to an office environment. Um, everybody's working great remotely. So it, yeah. that actually has turned out to be a better thing than when we had the office in Georgia. Um, yeah. And it just makes right now, this is perfect. Um, yeah. Caitlin is our brand development manager and she handles our social media. And she also kind of keeps me on track because yeah. um, I'm a bit of a you know, I don't know. I'm sure I have adult ADD in <laughs> pretty big scale because I'm always all over the board. She's like, okay, Cressa, here's where you need to be focused right now. You've got this going on. What about this? So she kind of keeps me grounded. Um, Joe is all things tech, Facebook, website. Um, oh man, that the guy is 
one of the smartest guys I've ever known in my life. Um, and he, he just, he's, he's brilliant. He's a, he's a, he's a very good ad buyer. Um, he's also one of the reasons that we're not doing a lot of Facebook right now, because he knows so much about Facebook that he's like, mm. nobody should be yeah. doing it right now. They're a mess. Um, Connor is uh, my son, but he's also our photographer and videographer. He is a full-time videographer for action sports. Mm. Um, so he is, a, there's a guy named Austin Keen, who's a world championship skimboarder. Um, and Connor and Austin work together and, uh, Connor's a, just, I mean, a, a wonderful, wonderful videographer, um, for anything action sports. And he also does all of our content. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course my husband, Tony is also involved in the business just to help me out when I run into a brick wall. Um, mm-hmm. my husband actually owns a software company, um, called the intentional trader. Um, but he's available. He's also incredibly knowledgeable when it comes to, you know, um, anything tech um, at all. So it ends up being very helpful. Um, And then of course, I don't have to have as many other people on my team because I have my team at Marks, Mm. you know? So at Marks, we we have an amazing team and amazing people that we can, you know, reach out to as well. So that's incredibly helpful. Um, so my team is actually like our core team, but then I have this really big team at Mark's, you know, if I need help with some SEO or if I need help, you know, on something in particular for marketing, or I'm going to have to set up a meeting and I want, you know, uh, there's a gentleman named John who works for Mark. John can kind of help me get that coordinated and set up for like big retailers or any kind of big PR moves. Um, and then there's, you know, Q Harrison, who, um, is also with Mark, all things tech. Um, kind of really looking forward. He's a marketer and he's uh, just got a, an incredible vision of what's happening for the future of, uh, of entrepreneurship. So I'm, I'm fortunate in that I have that extended team as well. Now in every entrepreneur's um, journey, there's always some you know, lessons learned, failures and mistakes made. Could you share like your biggest mistake or failure while building this business? Uh, what was the lesson for you and what can other people, other entrepreneurs learn from it? Um, well, I'm not sure. I mean, it's a good question. I'm not sure if it's a lesson I've learned yet. What I will say is that I knew that this was going to be a long, you know, hard road, right? Um, I, and I'm up for a challenge. I love, love, love a good challenge. I don't know that I realized the ups and downs of being an entrepreneur. You know, I mean, one day you're just high as a kite, orders are killing it, your Amazon's crushing it, you know, you're doing, you know, you're being interviewed for a podcast, you get, I mean, all these things are happening, right? And then the next day you feel like, oh my gosh, I'm going out of business. That big, you know, retailer we thought we were getting, it was in the bag, now they're not going to do it. And it's just this, it's, and it just is constant. And it's like this all the time. So I probably underestimated the roller coaster ride. Um, and it's, it's, it, it, in a way though, it's fun because you're able to recover from those down days and it gives you confidence in other areas of your life. Mm. Um, I'm really, really, really proud of myself and my team. And, um, you know, I thought I, I knew it was going to be hard. I just, I didn't know it was going to be this hard. Um, and I actually think it's going to be harder, um, for the next year or two, um, mm-hmm. while I go through these growth stages. So, you know, when I talk to other people that are getting into, um, into, you know, business or starting, you know, doing a startup or looking into doing a startup, it's like, I tell them all the time you know, it's not so much that it's lessons I've learned, but man, you, you really need to make sure you're cut out for this. Like mm. really make sure because when the family's going to the beach and, you know, and, and you're like, I, I have to work. Like those mm. are things that are, you're going to work a lot. You're going to work. I mean, I eat, live and breathe shower toga. Mm. 
my family is so sick of shower toga because <laughs> it's all I talk about. <laughs> I mean, we can't go anywhere without me going, okay, let's take a video and I'm going to put my shower <laughs> toga on and then we're going to put this on TikTok. And they're like, can we just eat? I'm like, after we do the video, you know, so you, you really have to love your product and be super passionate about my product. And I actually think shower toga, um, it's going to be a household name. I think shower toga is going to be one of those things that everybody uh, learned that they, until they had it, they didn't know they couldn't live without it. And if, if you don't feel that way about your product, then, oh dear God, don't do it. Go do something else. Mm-hmm. Please go do something else. Cause man, you better love it. <laughs> Cause that's the only way it ends up being worth it. <laughs> Definitely. Um, now we're going to move on to the rapid fire round. And in this segment, I'm going to ask you a few quick questions and you have to answer them maybe one word, two word, a sentence or so. Okay, so the, I first love one, <laughs> the first one is one book that you would recommend to entrepreneurs or business professionals in 2022 and why? Okay, so you want one word answers, but I don't read books. Okay. I listen to Audible and I listen to podcasts. I don't, I don't read books and I don't read business books because I think it's so individual for each person. And I think you can learn a lot. Mark has some fantastic books out. Um, and Joe DeSena has some fantastic books out too from Spartan. Um, I have listened to both of their books um, and I think they're both brilliant. But again, I, I feel like business and entrepreneurship and hustle really does yeah. come from within yeah. each of us. So. Yeah. An innovative product or idea in the current e-commerce, retail, or tech landscape that you feel excited about? A different product? Yes. <laughs> Other than Shower Toga? Yes. Um, I think one of my favorite products out there right now is uh, Click and Carry. And it's a girl named Kim from, she was also on Shark Tank. And I use the Click and Carry constantly. Click and Carry. She was on Shark Tank. Brilliant product. You can put your bags on your shoulder and it holds all these bags in your hands free. I use it every day. I, th- I, th- I think I know, I, th- I think I know which one you were talking about. Yeah. Freaking brilliant product. One of those, why the heck didn't I think of that? And I, I do, I use it constantly. A business or productivity tool or software that you would recommend or a productivity tip? Um, I mean, you, you have to be running on QuickBooks. So, I mean, we use QuickBooks Pro. I mean, I, I just, I, I don't think there's any way around it. Um, I'm also a big fan of Shopify. Okay. Uh, a startup or business in e-commerce, retail, or tech that you think is currently doing great things? Well, Camping World's crushing it right now. I mean, I would say Camping World and Gander Mountain, it's the same company, but they're absolutely killing it right now. Um, the biggest problem for them is they just can't get items in stock, but camping is huge right now. Everybody wants to be outdoors. So I, w- I would say camping world gander. Cool. A peer entrepreneur or business person whom you look up to or someone who inspires you besides Mark Cuban. <laughs> oh, damn it. Uh, Sarah Blakely. <laughs> okay. Sarah Blakely with Spanx. I'm obsessed with Sarah Blakely. I haven't met her yet and I'm literally obsessed with her. Like I would fangirl it super hard if I saw her even across the street. I admire her because she's fun. She's goofy. She is smart as a whip. Um, I There's nothing I don't love about Sarah Blakely. Final question. Best business advice you ever received or you would give to other entrepreneurs? Wow. Um You know, I'm not even sure if it was advice that was given to me by anybody in particular, but the best business advice I can imagine getting or giving would be if you don't love your product, don't do it. You've got to love it from deep in your soul and don't do it for the money. You got to love your product. Perfect. Thank you so much, Krista, for sharing your story, for sharing all the business uh, uh, strategies and insights. Uh, if anyone wants to buy your product, what is the best way to, uh, to purchase it? Uh, showertoga.com. And uh, also we're on Instagram, shower underscore toga, uh, TikTok, shower toga, Facebook, shower toga. And we're on Amazon under shower toga as well. And then we also have a new product out right now called shower to go, which is an attachment for a two uh, recycled two liter water bottle. 
and it looks like this. It's what we just did on our Kickstarter. And it's a really, really cool um, addition to the shower toga. So check that out as well. Perfect. Thank you so much uh, for your time today, Chris. I really appreciate it. Thanks for sharing your story. Um, and yeah, th thanks again for being here today. At yeah, thank you for having me. It was fun. I really appreciate it.